Hello, fellow ghouls and goblins. We and wooks. We were trying to think of an intro, and I was like, what's another? That's not a word. What In Harry Potter, the goblins speak gobbledygook. They do not. Yes, they do. That's a lie. Yes, they do. Oh. Siri. No. Oh. <laughs> she said no. Don't bring Siri into this podcast. She's not they part of this. They speak gobbledygook in the Harry Potter books. Do they? They do. I'm telling you. Well, I believe you. I'm you are the Harry you. Potter expert. I'm so. telling you. Um, welcome back. It has been a little over a week since we last mm-hmm. posted. Well, the last time we just recorded two hours of content and split it up with our awesome <laughs> Whole Foods Holy Water uh-huh. exorcism episodes where we were lucky to have our friend Jordan come on and talk about his oh, Jordan. demon and angel expertise. Mm-hmm. So we hope you guys enjoyed that. And it has been quite a week. We were supposed to record Monday, and then we were scheduled to Wednesday. And then Tuesday, my internet hasn't been working, mm-hmm. and this company is so horrible. I'm not even going to name them because I'm a nice person, but it has been four days since our router has not been working. And a technician was supposed to come tonight mm-hmm. between 6 and 8. I call at 8 when no one has been here, and they tell me, that the t- technician has gone. Went home. I was like, went home? What did they just give up? Did that So that's been our week and that's mm-hmm. why we haven't recorded sooner or posted because we've both been hella stressed out and even though this is supposed to be a month of spookiness and fun and pumpkins, it has just been goopiness. It's been goopiness and gookiness. And gookiness. You know? and with like a few nice moments in between. Yes. But tonight is going to be a great moment. Oh, yeah. Because we're finally recording. Oh, yeah. I just want to say, I this podcast gives me something to look forward mm-hmm. to during the week. Like, I'll be having a shitty-ass week, and I'm like, you know what? I get to research fucking cryptids, demons, witches, ghosts, and just talk about it with my best friend mm-hmm. for, like, two fucking hours. And then you guys listen to it, and then you say nice things about it. Mm-hmm. I cry heard, at work. I haven't heard, yeah, I haven't heard one nice, one not nice thing about it, mm-hmm. except for my mother. Just kidding. She my mom, it. no, my mom will not listen to this podcast. She's like, you guys are too scary and depressing, because I let her listen to the episode about the, um, what were you talking, oh, we were talking about the college, the hazing, the oh, hazing the fraternities. Ones. We're talking about the fraternities, and my mom literally just, like, I was, we were, like, sitting on the couch listening to it, and Daisy literally sits there, she looks at me, and she was like, this is very depressing. Turn it off. <laughs> and I was like, It's oh. me. I was like, thanks, Mom. Oh, my God. So she made me turn my own podcast off. Well, so. thankfully, I think Daisy will appreciate this one because... Oh, Daisy will. It's going to be a good time. Mm-hmm. I was telling you, I was like, mine is just... It's not even, like, scary or sad as it is just funny. Because I feel like I haven't done a lighthearted one <laughs> yeah, we've in a while. Really we've been shit. doing really sad, like, child murders and people dying... At an early yeah. age. And it just hasn't been a good time. Mm. So this one... We're raising our vibes. We're doing a vibe we're check. Raising, we had we're, a vibe check. We're vibing. We're going to vibe out with this podcast. Yeah. We're going to do a vibe check. And uh, since Halloween is next week, I can't believe it's fucking next week. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't even have my costume yet. I don't... I'm being Daphne from uh, Scooby-Doo. Oh, that's lame. And... Shut, no. <laughs> Back rolls. Back rolls. Alyssa Edwards, if you are listening, we would like oh you to be, God, on this be on this podcast and share needles. Spooky, ooky, kooky. Back, we, Danielle has just been no. Danielle has just been sending me the back rolls gift the entire week. Literally, that's been my whole no week. content. It's literally been my whole week. I'm just using it as a reaction gift. Everything anyone says to me, back rolls. Back rolls. Um, before we get into anything before we start um we would just like to remind you guys that we are on twitter we are on instagram yeah so give us a follow and give us a review on apple podcasts if you use that Mm -hmm. and we're on there we're on spotify we're on stitcher pocket cast google play whatever you use we're on it go listen and if you have any of your own creepy personal stories whether it's hometown murders ghost stories just weird creepy things in general, send us an email, and we'll read it on here, and we'll acknowledge your life. We'll acknowledge your presence. And me and Danielle don't do that even with our own friends. No. So you would feel very lucky. Other. No, it's true. We hate each other. Mm-hmm. That's why we're doing this podcast mm-hmm. together. But uh, <laughs> send us an email to mosthexcellentpod at gmail.com, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a good time, and we can all talk about our strange experiences. Okay, but also, this is what I was thinking of, is... 
if people want, I don't know if you do poll on Twitter. I, there's no polls on, there's polls on Instagram, I just don't know how you to do You can do it. polls on Twitter, yeah. You can do polls on Twitter. I wanted to do, like, a, for Halloween, we can do a watch-along of a movie and do a commentary on it. A watch-along, ooh. Can we do We're it? We're so funny. Can we do it with Twilight? No, absolutely not. <laughs> we were so... We Last night we watched Twilight and it was so funny. We were oh my so God. funny watching it. Was just, it's so bad because like, we watched it with Alexa and Katie who have both been on mm-hmm. the podcast. And Danielle and I are used to just talking we for entire movies. We are the worst movies. people to watch a movie with. No one should ever watch a movie with Because we'll just sit there and we'll not only critique mm-hmm. the movie, but then we'll laugh about it too. Mm-hmm. And just the entire time. And it's just people telling us to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And we have our own memes and inside jokes with every movie. So, like, but, like, no one else will understand them. So, people, like, it's not even funny. Mm -hmm. It's just really bad. Um, But that would be fun. I would love to do, like, the craft. Would you do the craft? I was thinking of, like, the original, like, one of my friends, shout out to Rachel on the podcast. She listens. And she was telling me, she was like, oh, you guys should do the original Halloween. And I was like, maybe we'll do it. Because I haven't seen it. I haven't seen You've any. You've never seen the original? I've never seen the original Halloween. You've never I've been to the, the real ones. life Haddonfield 1978? No, madam. Eight? No. I'm seeing it uh, Sunday. Because oh. the, they're doing the back-to-back. They're doing oh, the yeah, old yeah, one yeah, and the new yeah. one. Okay, okay. But that's that's a good one. I haven't watched that full movie in a long time. I've like, never together. seen that. I've never seen We should Friday watch it. We should do... <gasps> you know what we should fucking do? Hmm? Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. <gasps> you know what, yeah. That's that one of our favorite movies. But, like, I'm trying to think of people... If, any, if anyone can like properly capture me and Gina, it would be those two fucking fools. <laughs> it's Abbott and Costello. From, like, what if we're reincarnated us? as Abbott and Costello? Honestly, yeah, they were alive when we were alive. No, but like, they died. When did they die? Within our, like, they 90s. didn't know. They are not. They were not that old. They had to have died in what, like the nineties, like yeah, well, or eighties. Yeah. Someone Google it. Someone tell Google us. It. Figure it out when Emmett and Costello died. It was an adrenaline rush. It's a lush. A lush. It wasn't an adrenaline it was rush. A, it was an adrenaline rush. It's okay, but common. why does n- lush not have a bath bomb called adrenaline lush? I'm just. They're saying. gonna take my idea, and I'm gonna have to fucking sue them. No, I'm gonna have to CC that comment. Oh my god. TT. TM. I don't fucking know. TNA. I'm not a doctor. A doctor does pants. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. A doctor does before, pants. Okay, before we start, I have to tell you the story. Oh, so it this this magical thing happened to me today. So I was walking home from the train, mm-hmm. and this was in um, Edgewater. Okay. So near um, the really cool occult store we like to go to um, is in the, this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I'm walking, and there is this tall man dressed in all black, wearing a long flowing cape with a brooch in the middle of it that connected his cape together. And I wasn't intimidated or anything. I was like, oh my God, look at this awesome warlock walking down the street. And not only that, but he was carrying like a jar with like money and he was walking down the street asking if anyone would like to donate to the Trump protests to protest against Trump. And I was just so in awe and this man, he, like, looks, he was so elegant. Mm-hmm. And he looks at me. Well, he, like, he didn't, like, ask me, but he was just asking in general, like, oh, does anyone want to donate to it? And I looked at him, because I never carry cash on me. I am mm-hmm. always just have my card. And I looked at him, and I was like, if I could, if I had a dollar, I would. And he just looks at me, nods, and says, blessed be, and walked away. Is I was that like Nancy from the crowd? I was like, I just had contact with a real live warlock asking me to donate to protest against Donald Trump. Honestly, I like, would not have slammed that dollar faster into that jar if I had it with me. Here's my question. Just that I wanted to, like, even turn around and say, like, so mode it be, or, like, give him acknowledge mm-hmm. that I am also a witch. But I just was so in awe and in shock that this man blessed me. I was blessed by a warlock on this day. I feel like that was just... Wow, what a magical experience. Like It was just so... Only once it wasn't, in a lifetime. It's just how, like, sometimes people are annoying asking yeah, for money. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, this and this. Like, he was just so nice about it. And mm-hmm. he was like, oh, this. And then I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I could... Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I would. And he just looks and nods and goes, See, that's, be. that's an energy exchange. I was I like, like, that, that I was... I like that a lot. That was a vibe. A vibe that check. That was a vibe check right there. That was a vibe check. Oh, my God. But <laughs> I guess we should actually get into... Yeah, we've been talking content. for 10 minutes. That's okay. Oh so, you know, we haven't... <laughs> Actually recorded in two weeks now. Yeah. Because last time recorded was with Jordan. Mm-hmm. So it was two weeks ago. Um, so we have a lot of... I was of wearing things. this exact skirt. I was not wearing any pants. Oh, okay. And I am not now. Just kidding. Oh. I'm wearing pants. Um, but I am very excited for this one. You because... Can go first. Oh, yeah. I'm going first. 
Oh. Well, because you went, technically went first for mm-hmm. the last one, so, you know, we're gonna, we're, we try to keep a time thing, but also, you know, I am selfish, so I'm just gonna do this. Oh, you're a freaking bitch. I'm gonna start this out with a tweet that inspired this, okay. pro- this episode. Um, and this is Dana Schwartz on Twitter. She's like a comedian. Mm-hmm. I don't, sorry Dana, I don't know too much about her, but I know she's really funny mm-hmm. and I like her and I follow her. And the tweet says, ladies, if he only wants to see you at night, disappears right away, leaps over fences with ease, frightens women in the street with his eyes meant to resemble balls of fire, he's not your man, he's the Victorian he-devil spring-heeled Jack. Oh my god, I love this story. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that. Okay, but I thought you were going to say, what's that man's name? What man? James Johanfrey. James Johanfrey. <laughs> who Excuse married? Me? Who married his cousin? What? <laughs> that guy who married his his cousin. Great boss of fire guy. Oh, Tommy Lee. No, not Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Lee. Um, yes, Tommy Lee. No, 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 no. Jerry Lee. Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis. How do we go from Richard Johanfrey to Tommy Lee to Jerry Lee Lewis? <laughs> This is why we can't do anything. This is why we can't have anything nice. Okay, but to be fair, Tommy Lee was closer to Jerry Lee than Richard Joe Humphrey. I don't know where the fuck that came from. Danielle just likes to make up names. <laughs> anyway, so I am going to be doing the Devil Gentleman of Victorian England, none other as Spring Hill Jack. Let's get into the theories. Just kidding. I haven't even started. Please stop. Okay. Do not disregard Ryan Bagar like this. Oh, I will. Oh my gosh. One more story before we start. Oh my god. Some exciting news um, on our most oh excellent Twitter. If you follow, um, we were tweeted by the one and only Shane Maday Maday from Buzzfeed Unsolved. Um, only because I know how much he fucking hates <laughs> Naperville, <laughs> Illinois. And um, we also hate Naperville. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad lives a little too close to it. But there was a post about someone being on the Chicago Blue Line and someone used Jesus Christ, are you from Naperville, as an insult uh-huh. for someone taking up too much room. And I was like, oh my God, he's going to love this. So I added him and I was like, oh, you know, a good Naperville jab. And he responded like five minutes later with, oh, oh, oh brutal in all caps. And I was like, oh my God. And of course, right away, I was like, I want to sound like too, like, you know, like, oh, like, attention, whatever, but I was like, you guys should come to Chicago and, like, investigate with us and be on the podcast, and he never responded. Okay, but, but that's he okay. Will. You know, he has things to do. That's fine. He's a busy man. He's but Shane, if you are listening, Shane, you, Ryan, are listening now, come to Chicago. We know the Chicago ghost mm-hmm. tours people, the Windy City ghost tours, and we will do a full-on tour and investigation. Mm-hmm. And it'll be a good time. So I just love. I've loved that. I've watched Buzzfeed Unsolved since the fucking beginning. And yeah. I just well, when love we love them. When me and Danielle were at Domin- at uh, where we went to. Oh my god. We went to Dominican. Okay, whatever. <laughs> you know, who's gonna find me? Come find me. I paid thirty thousand dollars for no, shit ass liberal arts I was gonna degree. say I couldn't remember the name of our school for oh. five seconds. Like, I was like it wasn't. Me. It wasn't me being like, oh, Come I don't want to say it. Like it was just me being like, I can't think right now. But when we went to college at our small. University, um, and we'd be working on papers. Me and Danielle would watch BuzzFeed mm-hmm. Unsolved, so we wouldn't lose our minds. Mm-hmm. Like that got us through mm-hmm. our like junior and senior year. Yep. was watching BuzzFeed Unsolved. So I thank you for that. Love it. Just love it. All right, thank tell you. me about Spring Hill Jack. Okay, I'm going to talk about now Spring that everyone Hill Jack, has turned off this podcast. No, and everyone knows that Shane has responded to us now, yeah. and that we're popular. Mm-hmm. So it's we're okay. We're so popular. He probably fucking hates us. So that's he fine. probably is like you guys are disgusting, wanting fame for me. We don't want fame. We just want to have a good time. That's all I ever wanted was to have a good time. I'm going to get that tattoo right I came out of my, my mother's room and I was like, I'm just here for a good time. Oh. Okay. And she put me back in. Okay. Anyways. Oh, oh. Um, let's get into Spring Hill Jack. So, 19th century Victorian England was known for its ghost stories and gothic horror was becoming more popular. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're at this time when you have, like, Frankenstein. You have, you know, Byron, Shelley, mm-hmm. all these poets, like, Poe. You know, in America, like, all this stuff happening. So, death and creepy, like, cryptids and, like, just ghosts walking the street and, like, Jack the Ripper and all that stuff. That was a big thing. Because this was such a big thing, this is where Spring Hill Jack came from, Mm -hmm. where more people were reporting sightings and things like that. So, 
Um, before Jack, there were reports of ghosts that stalked the streets of London and attacked pedestrians. So the first one was called the Hammersmith Ghost, and it, that was reported in 1803, and then appeared again in 1824. Mm-hmm. And the Southampton Ghost, and both sightings were described as human-like pale figures. So it wasn't just like someone saw like an orb mm-hmm. floating down the street. They were saying like these were like human-like Ghosts. I'm just imagining someone with, like, a sheet on their head, like, walking down the street. You mean me on the streets of Chicago? Give me your bread pudding. They were too poor for bread pudding. They used to sleep standing up in Victorian England. They couldn't have bread pudding? No. Oh, okay. They were paying a penny to sleep standing up next to people. Two pence to fall asleep. Was this urine town? (laughs) (laughs) It's privileged to pee. Um, anyway, so people were just literally reporting, like, ghosts walking up and down the street. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's how, that's the hard times these people were having, was okay, that they had nothing better to do. Okay, think of it this way. Maybe what it is, is people used to dress up as ghosts, so then they didn't have to pay the fee to go to sleep. That's true. That's a true That makes a lot scam. more sense. We figured it out. We figured out the conspiracy. <laughs> Anyways, so, um, the legend of Jack is recorded from London to Liverpool. So okay. it spans... All over, but it mainly takes place um, near Barnes Common in London mm-hmm. and around London town, as they say in jolly old England. Okay. So, Jack is described as tall with a thin build, bat-like wings, pointed ears, horns, claws, a goatee beard, and wheels of fire for eyes. Shane Maday? So, Shane does not have a goatee. He has every. He has all of those other things, but he does not have a he goatee. He has bat-like wings, but don't you dare say he has a goatee. You. So yeah, he's literally described as like, you know how they depict the devil in like old cartoons mm-hmm. from the 40s where he just looks like an angry, like bearded man? Mm-hmm. That's what's My Spring- father? No. Oh. No. Your father's more terrifying than Springfield Oh, true, Jack. true. He's literally like this demon man with a goatee and fireball eyes and claws Jumping from buildings and attacking people. Is this just this parkour AKA ghost? Spring Hill. I'm gonna sh- we're, I'm gonna post the pictures. This he literally looks like I don't even know. I don't even know how to describe him. He's literally wearing like these tall, like hot girl Megan the Stallion boots, and has this like has these pointed ears, and he's like just leaping from fucking buildings. Is this like, literally like? Him from freaking no, Powerpuff Girls. No, that's literally what he looks like. Is him? Oh my God. It's literally him. Okay. Jumping. Re- I'm pretty sure him was actually Spring Hill Jack in the Powerpuff Girls. I'm pretty sure that's who it was. But so his first, dis- the reason he was described like this was his first description came from a woman named Polly Adams, who described him as devil-like after he attacked her at a London pub. So she was like working at this pub in the countryside, and apparently he like came in and attacked her. But that's like all that information that was really given on that. Mm-hmm. My cat when I won't feed him one more time because he's gonna die. Your cat is Spring Hill Jack. Devil-like. <laughs> I'm naming your cat Spring Hill Jack for more. Oh, no. Um, but some other witnesses said he was utterly horrifying and agile and could easily vanish by leaping over rooftops and hedges. I too can do this. So that was literally his thing. He was like the anti-Batman. He would just um, like jump over like hedges and I'm like, I could too. You're not, you're not different. So... These attacks and sightings mainly began in 1838, Mm -hmm. is when they all started happening. But there were some early reports the year before in 1837. In in October 1837, Mary Stevens was walking to Lavender Hill when a strange figure leapt out at her from a dark alley. Apparently, he began to kiss her face, ripping at her clothes with his claws and touching her flesh. She described his touch as cold and clammy, like a corpse. (laughs) What everyone, every girl wants. To be touched by someone who's cold and clammy like a corpse. Can you imagine, like, you mean every high school boy? I mean. Um, When you're just, like, trying to walk home and fucking Spring Hill Jack fucking leaps out at you with his fucking goatee and his fucking lobster claws. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like... Mary, what are you doing, girl? Please never do that voice that's again. Him. That's my him voice. Um, and then she screams, and so like obviously he like freaks out because he, you know, doesn't want people catching him, and then he flees from the scene. So, and then the next day he was just on a fucking roll here. Okay. The next day he jumped in front of a passing carriage, causing the driver to lose control, crash, and severely injure himself. How so, fast can a carriage really go that you're injuring I mean, honestly, you strap, you strap that engine on there, 
And you're, that horse. you're booming. <laughs> you strap that horse on there. There's nothing you can do. You put the that, pioneers used to ride you put those that strap equines on that horse. for miles. What is this fucking Equus? <laughs> you put that strap on that horse already. You're literally that. driving a boulder down the street. <laughs> he jumped in front of it. They used to ride these babies for miles. So yeah, he jumps in front of this passing carriage and the driver is injured. So, several witnesses claimed he escaped by jumping over a nine-foot-tall wall while, in quotes, babbling with a high-pitched, ringing laughter. Is this Arl from Twilight? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck your carriage and your boulder. (laughs) Okay. I would sooner listen to my cat grind his teeth for 40 American years than ever hear that again. 40 American years. (laughs) Anyways, after babbling like a lunatic... A few months after these yeah, sightings, oh, okay, but this is where it gets real, because usually, like, you know, with cryptids and stuff, you have, like, oh, this person saw it in the forest, or Mary Lou had three sightings mm-hmm. in Arkansas, like, shit like that. Mm-hmm. But you know when the mayor of London gets involved, Ooh. that, like, shit's about to pop, okay. right? So, after these sightings on January 9th, 1838, the Lord Mayor of London... The Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ... Christ <laughs> Sir John Cowan revealed at a public session that he had received an anonymous complaint about the attacks. So the man signed the complaint about the attack as a resident of Peckham, and this read, It appears that some individuals, as of as the writer believes, the highest ranks of life, oh, not the plebs, just not the highest ranks, the plebeians. have laid a wager with mischievous and foolhardy companion that he durst not take upon himself the task of visiting many of the villages near London in three different disguises. A ghost, a bear, and a devil. I get the ghost and the devil, but I don't get the bear. And moreover, that he will enter, oh, that he will not enter a gentleman's garden for the purpose of alarming the inmates of the house. The wager has, however, been accepted, and the unmanly villain has succeeded in depriving seven ladies of their senses, two of whom are not likely to recover, but to become burdens to their families. Oh, shit. What? Because they got to tag their fucking burdens to their family? Fucking bullshit. Okay. At one house, the man rang the bell, and on the servant coming to open the door, this worse than brute stood in no less dreadful figure than a specter clad most perfectly. This is me when I answer the door when you're here. (laughs) The consequence was that the poor girl immediately swooned and has never from the moment been in her senses. She swooned? She swooned. She took Spring Hill Jack into the house and she swooned swooned him real good. The affair has now been going on for some time and strange to say, the papers are still silent on the subject. The writer has... Reason to believe that they have the whole history at their finger ends, not fingertips, finger ends, through interested motives, are induced to remain silent. So that's the letter that the mayor receives, and he's like, you know, maybe... There's something to this. Maybe I should do something about this. So the mayor was mainly skeptical about this, obviously, but the audience confirmed that servant girls were being attacked and the matter was eventually reported to the Times, which is, like, you mm-hmm. know, the big paper there. So the day after that it's reported to the Times on January 9th, on the 10th, the mayor is showed a, well, no, he shows a crowd of people a pile of letters from complaints and things that are happening of people seeing, like, Spring Hill Jack, and they're like, yo, like, mm-hmm. there's a lot going on with this and we're getting all these complaints. And... So these letters are all from around London. They're in okay. London, they're around London. And it's like basically people complaining of similar wicked pranks. Okay. So the mayor mainly thought these were exaggerations, but he had also been given info by someone he trusted about a servant girl in Forest Hill who was attacked. So okay. he didn't want to believe it, but then I guess like someone he knew was like, hey, no, this is mm-hmm. actually happening. And he was like, okay, well, I gotta believe you because you're my fucking bro. So... The police were instructed to search for the person responsible and rewards were offered if someone had information about this. So, the best-known incidents involving Spring Hill Jack are the attacks of teenage girls Jane Alsop and Lucy Scales. Lucy Scales was a butcher's daughter and she was attacked in Limehouse. And Jane Alsop was almost strangely 
sorry, <laughs> I can't talk. Um, Jane Alsop was almost strangled by a cloaked creature in her home before her family managed to beat off her attacker. Ugh. That almost happened to me too, you know? You know... The one time my cat decided to step on my neck while I was sleeping. Stop comparing Spring Hill Jack to your cat. It's not the same thing. Isn't it though? But apparently after her family beat off this attacker, he leapt and soared into the darkness. <laughs> He's just a bat. Um, so... Is that he went? It is. <laughs> So, I want to start with Jane Alsop. Mm -hmm. So, Jane Alsop described her inhuman attacker to the London magistrates as he was wearing a kind of helmet in a tight-fitting white costume like an oil skin, and he vomited blue and white flames. Is this Hades from her? I was literally about to say the exact same thing. I was like, is that Hades? He's like, hey, you, get off the I got a a hunk of moussaka moussaka caught in my throat. It was actually just him. It was just James. So, uh, Jane Alsop reported on the night of February 13th, 1838, that she answered the door of her father's house to a man claiming to be a police officer, never do that, who told her to bring a light, claiming, we have caught spring oh Jack God. here I... in the lane. Can you imagine a police officer knocking on the door and being like, listen, we got, we got him. We got old spring and we need a flashlight. Come help us right away. I would be like, oh, hell yeah. Let me see who this man is. That's why you're going to get murdered. Because can you, you imagine, though, like someone knocks on your door and is like, listen, I got Bigfoot out in the forest preserve behind your house. I need a flashlight. I'd be like, I need that's impossible. Help. I'd be like, let She's me She's standing right next to me. Anyway. <laughs> um, sorry, sweaty. Sorry. Try again. No. So she brought the person a candle because it's fucking 1838. Mm-hmm. She brought the person a candle and noticed that he wore a large cloak with nothing underneath. No, just kidding. <gasps> oh. <laughs> He's just a flasher. He jumped away. <laughs> He's like, ooh. Sorry. He's like, ooh, I gotta like, go. I got that kielbasa you ordered. <laughs> no. Um, the moment she handed him the candle, however, he threw off the cloak and presented a most hideous and frightful appearance. It was just his penis. No. Um, no. Vomiting blue and white flame from his mouth while his eyes resembled red balls of fire. He was Jerry Lee. Goodness gracious, red balls of fire. What'd you call him, Johnny Monahan? Johnny, I don't know, <laughs> Johnny um, something. Anyway, so he was naked and he had fireball eyes. So Miss Alsop reported that he wore a large helmet and that his clothing, which appeared to be very tight-fitting, resembled mm-hmm. white oil skin. Um, so without saying a word, he caught hold of her and began tearing her gown with his claws. Oh, which she was, he was certain, like, is that couture? Yes. Um, so she said his claws were some type of metallic substance, and she screamed for help and managed to get away from him and ran towards the house. But he caught her on the steps and tore her neck and arms with his claws, and she was rescued by one of her sisters after her assailant fled. So her sisters were like, what is going on? And she was like, Spring Hill Jack was just here. Just kidding. I don't know if she said that to them. Oh, okay. So then the other case is the case of Lucy Scales. And this happened on February 28th, 1838, so only, like, a few days later. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, nine days after the attack on Miss Alsop, 18-year-old Lucy Scales and her sister were returning home after visiting their brother, a butcher who lived in a respectable part of Limehouse. So, it says Miss Scales stated in her deposition to the police that she and her sister were passing along Green Dragon Alley. (gasps) Dragon Alley. Diagonally. Diag- diagonally. They were passing through diagonally, and they observed a person standing in an angle of the passage. She was walking in front of her sister at the time, and just as she came up to the person who was wearing a large cloak, he spurted a quantity of blue flame in her face, which deprived her of her sight, so he literally spit flames in her eyes. He was like, choo-choo! <laughs> He, like, like, widened up those peepers, opened them up with his fingers. He winded up those peepers. (laughs) Like, those old Italian ladies. They're, like, spit on you. They're, like, toot-toot. That was flame heel jazz. That's literally what happened. But it was, uh, he turned into an old Italian woman. He spit in this girl's eyes. So, and she instantly dropped to the ground and was seized with violent fits, which continued for several hours. Me after I see Jensen Ackles. She was possessed by Spring Hill Jack. No. So her brother added that on that evening... In question, he had heard the loud screams of one of his sisters moments after they had left his house, and running up Green Dragon Alley, he found his sister Lucy on the ground in a fit, with her sister attempting to hold and support her. 
she was taken home, and then he learned from his other sister what had happened. So this is what she described Spring Hill Jack as. She described the assailant as being tall, thin, and gentlemanly in appearance. Okay. Okay. Covered in a large cloak and carrying a small lamp or bullseye lantern similar to those used by police. The individual did not speak, nor did he try to lay hands on them. He was like, catch these hands. Catch these hands. Catch these hands, girl. No. No. Yeah, that's what he did. He instead walked quietly away. (laughs) He was like, I'm just going to take a lap. I mean. I'll see y'all later. Um, So every effort was made by police to discover the author of these and similar outrages. And several persons were questioned, but were set free because they couldn't find... Who did it? Mm-hmm. All right. So, after these incidents, Jack became one of the most popular characters of the period. Because can you imagine, like, obviously it's scary because you don't want women being attacked mm-hmm. on the street because there's, like, crazy people anyways. But, like, can you imagine if the person attacking people is, like... Hades from Hercules? It's Hades and him from the Powerpuff Girls just wandering the streets, leaping from buildings, and just, like, spitting flames in people's eyeballs. Have you ever seen what the, what the, what Hades looks like in the park? Like, in the Disney parks? No. It's really terrifying, and I feel that it would be very fitting for us to look at that now, because it's literally what he, what Spring Hill Jack probably looks like. Please, hold on. This is literally Show what me. Spring Hill Jack looks like. Are you ready? Yes. Oh my god, I don't think you're ready. Okay, but why does Hades look like the fucking snow miser <laughs> from A Year Without a Santa Claus? <laughs> Why does he look like this? Look how scary. This poor child is crying in front of the fucking Hades from Disney World. Look at this. No. It's so He's Mr. 101. No, that's Heat Miser. No. They call me Snow Miser. Whatever. Anyway, so Hades from the Disney Parks looks like fucking Snow Miser from a year with Oh, don't show me that. That's what Spring Hill Jack looks like. Absolutely not. Be quiet. That's what he looks like. Um, but anyway, so he just became super famous, basically. He became a celebrity. So his alleged exploits were reported in newspapers and became the subject of several penny dreadfuls. And I'm going to post those. I was going to say paninis. I was like, panini. There's several paninis. They put his face on a panini, and they sold... <laughs> a panini breast with Spring-heeled Jack, Hill, Spring-heeled Jack panini. I said Jack-heeled Jack. Um, it's a Jack-heeled Jack world out there. Spring the Spring Hill Jack sandwich. Oh my God! You know what? Um. So yeah, he was a part of several, seven, seven, several penny dreadfuls. Seven and seven could have been more than seven. Could have been less. Who knows? Okay. Thank um. You but you so know, much. like like the old like black and white yeah, magazines yeah. that depict him. And I will show you these pictures. Here, look them up right now. Just literally Google Spring Hill Jack, and it's literally just him being like a demon and like jumping over houses and capturing women. There's a coffee called Spring Hill Jack coffee. I'm gonna get it. Henry Zabrowski gets it for free on last podcast. Last podcast on the left, they sent him a bunch of it, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Amazing. What <laughs> in my left teeth is this? Look at him. What? Why does he look like Guy Fox mask? He is Guy Fox. Oh my god. Um, oh, I'm getting you this. Oh my god, please. It's there is a Spring a, Hill Jack. Was it a wine holder? It's just a statue. Oh, I want it. And he's literally a spring in it. They made him okay, but Sasha Baron Cohen. Would play a beautiful Spring Hill Jack. Can we cast the Spring Hill Jack movie oh with Sasha Baron Cohen as Spring Hill Jack? Honestly, like, I would watch that movie. Oh, my God. And Helena Bonham Carter as one of the victims. <gasps> Amazing. I'm Directed calling, by Tim Burton. I'm calling Tim Burton. I'm calling Tim Burton. Oh, my God. Um, so, and plays were performed in cheap theaters that abounded at the time. So they were literally just putting on, they took her idea, and they were putting on plays Produced by Tim Burton about Spring Hill Jack that had Sasha Baron Cohen in them. Oh my god, fantastic. So that's how famous he fucking became. The devil was even renamed Spring Hill Jack in some Punch and Judy shows, as recounted by Henry Mayhew in The London Labor and London Poor. It says, "There, This here is Satan, we might say the devil, but that ain't right. Them gentle folks don't like such words. He is now com- commonly called Spring Hill Jack, or the Russian bear. That's since the war. What? So, as this goes on, obviously, like, his appearances become less Mm. frequent, you know, like any cryptid or demon. And, but apparently in 1843, there were a wave of sightings that swept across the country from Northamptonshire to East Anglia. And basically another investigation went on and assaults against women 
still saying that he was disguised in a skin coat which had the appearance of a bullock's hide, skull cap, horns, and a mask. Oh. So there's just a dude dressed up as the fucking devil, okay? So Me every morning. Yes. So some of his last reports. In the beginning of the 1870s, Spring Hill Jack was reported again in several places distant from each other. And in November 1872, in the News of the World, it was reported that Peckham was in a state of commotion, owing, 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 to what is known as the Peckham Ghost, a mysterious figure, quite alarming in appearance. So they're still getting stories, but then it's also like ghosts, and they're mm-hmm. not sure if it's actually him. In autumn of 1877, Spring Hill Jack was reportedly seen at Newport Arch in Lincoln, Lincolnshire wearing a sheepskin. Are you ready for this? An angry mob supposedly chased him and cornered him. Oh, and just as an elder shot a while before, residents fired at him with no effect. As usual, he was said to have made use of his leaping abilities to lose the crowd and disappear once again. He I was just, like, gotta go. I just, okay. He, he is a true man of today, just like ghosting and walking away. <laughs> He's like, gotta go. <laughs> gotta go. So by the end of the 19th century, the reported sightings of spring Jack were moving towards the northwest of England around 1888. He allegedly appeared on the rooftop of St. Francis Xavier's Church on Salisbury Street. And in 1904, there were reports of appearances in a nearby William Henry Street. So those were the really the last sightings of Jack were mm-hmm. like in 1904. And he's just kind of become a legend and no one's seen him since then. A skinny but legend. I just, he was a skinny legend. He really was, though. He was the first. Spring Hill Jack the was the first, first skinny, skinny legend. legend. I can't believe. But I just had to share that story because I just thought it was fucking insane that, like, a he-devil with, like, pointed ears and horns and a goatee dressed like fucking Sasha Baron Cohen and Sweeney Todd was, like, leaping from buildings and just, like, touching women and then, like, walking around naked under a cape. Not really, but... It's because it's he's not even a cryptid it's or just a like ghost. A sp- or it's a just demon. like a weird in between thing. What if it really was just some weird guy who was really good at gymnastics and had like really long? Legs I think that's probably what it is. Mask. Like it's just probably some really like creepy guy who like walked around London. I don't know, man. That's so strange. But that's the story of Springfield Jack. Okay. And I just like you know that that whole thing was inspired by. A tweet <laughs> about your man being Springfield Jack. Okay. The Victorian heat devil. Okay. But I would like to hear your story now. Okay, so I was trying to think of something, like, really lighthearted. Mm-hmm. And actually, I came up with an alien abduction case. Oh, yes, my favorite. <laughs> this I'm stuff ready. genuinely freaks me out, which is why I like it. Like, very, very few things scare me, mm-hmm. but I think the thought of alien abductions and of other life is what truly scares me, because it's like... Well, because with ghosts, oh. it's like, oh, it's haunting your house. Whatever, you can get rid of it. With mm-hmm. aliens, I, I don't know how to you can't, that. you don't, they can get rid of you. I can't shove Lord Farquaad back into his spaceship. Like, it just doesn't happen. Why is Lord Farquaad an alien? Well, whatever. How could he not be? <laughs> That's true. All right. So, I did the A70 case, Ooh. and this is the abduction of Gary Wood and Colin Wright. So, okay, I'm ready. I did this because of where it was, because I was like, mm-hmm, love it. Mm-hmm. So... It is August 27th of 1992, just outside of Edinburgh, Scotland. <gasps> Scotland! Mm. The mm. aliens mm. have been to Scotland. That's why I did this. Partly because I love Outlander. Yes. Also because I love Scotland. So, they were, like, repairmen. Like, they were mechanics. Okay. And so, they were headed out to do a repair, and on the way back, they experienced something that they described as just being unexplainable. So, they're sitting in the car, and they're chatting, and they're about to round a corner, and it's about 8 o'clock at night at this point, and they're on their way home from a repair. Okay. So they're sitting in the car, they're chatting, they're doing whatever. So they round a corner, only to be met by a two-tiered disc-shaped craft, and it's about 30 feet wide, it's black and shiny, with no windows, and it's hovering 20 feet off the ground. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. So, Gary immediately floors it. He's like, we gotta get out of here. Gary's we gotta, smart. We gotta go. Yeah. Okay? We gotta go. So, he's like, we gotta get out of this place if it's the last thing we, we ever do. We gotta get out of this place dun, dun, if it's the last thing we ever do. That's what Gary said. Aliens, there's a better <clears throat> life for me and you. Are you done? Burr. No. Thank Never done so with much. the animals. Thank you so much. Okay, so, as they pass underneath this craft, they're swallowed by this 
big, huge, like, how they describe it as, like, a curtain of light. Okay. So they're swallowed by this curtain of light, and they're plunged into darkness. Okay. Okay? And that's essentially the last thing they're going to remember until they undergo hypnosis. Oh. So, this is pieced together from what they remember from when they were underneath, uh, under hypnosis. Okay. So... Gary says that he just remembers pure darkness, and he thinks that he died in the crash. He's like, okay, I died, and that's why it's so dark. So then in what feels like seconds later, they're in the car, and they nearly veer off the road. So this is piecing together what happened without hypnosis. Okay. So he remembers black, and then they wake up a few seconds later. They're in the car. They're in the car, and he almost veers the car off the road. So they pull over... And are just sort of discussing what happened and are calming down and are just like, okay, whatever happened, like, let's just drive. So, it's, it's around... Like, how do you, sorry, like, it's like, how do you even, like... Describe You that. just have to, like, if that happened to me, like, I would just ignore it and be mm-hmm. like, I don't even want to think about that right mm-hmm. now because I can't explain it and that scares me. That's literally kind of what happens to them. So, they're pulling over. I'm sorry, actually, when they were driving, it was 10 p.m. It's around okay. 10 p.m. when they're out when they're coming back. They went out at 8 p.m. to and do a repair. 10. Now it's 10. Okay, so it's around 10 p.m. when they were going on this road home. So when this is happening, they're about a 30 minute drive to their destination. So let's assume it's around 10:30, like 10:45. There, they yeah. should be there. Okay, so they go to a friend's house, and as Gary goes to unbutton his belt, he finds that his seatbelt's already been undone. And he's like, no big deal. He brushes it off, and they go knock on their friend's door. So there's no answer, and they're like, what the hell? You know, yeah. he, were, he was expecting us. And so there's no answer until their friend peeks his head out of the door, out of the window, and he's like, can I kindly ask you both to get the fuck off my lawn? Because it's now 12.45 in the morning, and I expected you two hours ago. What? Mm-hmm. So they have lost two hours of time that they cannot account for. Wow. So, they're both really confused, and over the next few hours, they try to make sense of it. They're just like, okay, maybe we just lost track of time. Like, they they can't make sense of what happened. Yeah. So, the next day, Gary just feels, like, exhausted. And he's like, okay, we had a late night. It's not a big deal. But he just feels this, like, body, like, whole body exhausted. Okay? So, Gary... After a few days and stuff, he still feels exhausted. And he starts to experience these really vivid, disturbing nightmares. And he mm-hmm. can't sleep. So he goes to the doctor. And they can't find anything wrong with him. So they're, like, giving him an MRI and everything. And they can't find anything wrong. So they don't tell the police. But they do report it to Bufora, which is the British UFO Research Association. Okay. So... Eventually, they meet with this paranormal research researcher named Malcolm Robinson, who recommends that they undergo hypnotic regression, which is most of the times with abductions, you undergo hypnotic regression. Yeah. Like, this is what they recommend to kind of piece everything together, go under hypnosis, okay? So, Colin and Gary both undergo the regression, and it's performed by a psychic slash hypnotherapist named Helen Walters. And so, in the first session... Gary is very emotional, and he, they don't really get much out of him, okay? So more and more as they're doing it, they the story starts to come together. Okay. So they both remember the car being stopped and three humanoid creatures opening the doors of the car. Oh, no. Okay? So Gary is the driver, and then his friend Colin is the other guy. So Colin, he remembers that they put Gary on a stretcher that is, like, floating above the ground. They're not carrying it. The stretcher is just gently floating. floating. Okay? And so he doesn't... Re- Gary doesn't remember this, but he remembers them coming up to the car, and he remembers feeling... So he remembers feeling this... Basically, this pain in his stomach, and he feels it as, quote, You know, if you've been electrocuted, your muscles all all cramp up, and it's really painful. You can't let go. That's how he describes it. It's just he feels this, like, deep pain in his stomach. And so Colin remembers walking up a ramp and into the ship and then this bright, beautiful light. They remember basically in flashes, like, how everything came together was in flashes, which, if you know anything about how your brain processes trauma, your brain processes trauma in flashes mm-hmm. and it blacks out pieces to protect you, yeah. essentially. So they got led to a room 
They're stripped naked and they're placed in a... Well, this is Colin, actually, not both of them. So Colin is led to a room. He's stripped naked and he's placed in a strange chair. So he's examined non-invasively. And then he lays back and he sees that the ceiling is basically see-through. He's looking up and he can see the light filtering through through the ceiling. Okay. Okay. And so... After this, he's moved to a glass-like container with straps that are holding his feet and ankles down. And he sees a bunch of other people, too. And they're all in this kind of glass case that's covered in fog. So he sees other people who have supposedly been abducted. And they're all in these glass cases. Okay? Okay. And there's a fog around it. And so he gets approached by a tall humanoid figure. And as they keep stepping closer to him, the fog starts to turn into basically ice and it starts freezing over and so he starts literally like he just starts crying and it turns to fog again and I think that either they backed away from him because he was crying or because he's crying something's happening and the fog is just going they're like you need to straighten up your vibe we can't be crying on the ship vibe check no there's no crying on spacecraft yeah that's exactly what this humanoid creature they turned into Tom Hanks Mm -hmm. so then he sees a strange device come up from the floor And he describes it as kind of like scanning him. Okay. Like TSA. Yeah. It's TSA. It's TNA. Yes. So. Yes. It's Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. Thank you so much, (laughs) Jan. It's Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. That's what it is. My mom used to think they were saying Dirty Deeds in your dungarees. (laughs) (laughs) Dirty Deeds and the dungarees. I mean, it could be. I mean, I think if I saw an alien, I would have some dirty deeds in my dungarees, too. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. So now Gary has got some, Gary's dirty, got some dirty, dirty deeds, deeds in his dungarees. <laughs> That's oh, the name of this episode. The name of this episode is definitely going to be Dirty Deeds in your dungarees. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Anyway. So Gary, after more sessions, he starts to remember even more. So he remembers the same room, and he sees a device in the middle of the room, which it looks like a big black lens, and it's kind of... I don't even know how to describe it. it like, he describes it as, like, this big black kind of machine thing okay. that's, like, turning and whirring and folding in on itself and folding in on itself. Kind of like a big, like, like a camera lens? No, like- I don't know how... He described it... Have you seen... You've seen Fantastic Beasts, right? Yeah. So... The Obscurus is kind of how I would think of it. And how, to me, that's how it was described, where it was just this thing that's turning in on itself, Mm. like a big black lens. Yeah. Weird. Okay? And so he, uh, like, he's studying the device, and then a long, thin, translucent arm comes towards him. So he's, like, looking at it, and then he sees out of his peripheral an arm come toward him and drop onto his chest. And so this memory is so strong, it jars him out of his hypnotic trance and makes his body start convulsing. Oh, my God. Okay? So then he remembers this hole in the floor that is filled with a jelly-like substance. Clear jelly. No. And then another tube-shaped column rises up and starts to rotate, and the cylinder comes out, and it's, like, hovering above his eyes. Okay. Is what he remembers. And so a tall, frail-looking creature appears... And it looks like a grip. Yes. <laughs> I can't stand you. <laughs> so it's this tall, frail-looking creature comes out, and it appears like a gray, which a normal gray alien is yeah. just... We all know what a gray... Like, an alien looks like, okay? Right. So, it looks but like it's, Benedict Cumberbatch. Exactly. It looks like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> so it appears, and it's this... It comes out of this liquid, and it looks basically emaciated, and he said that there's, like, his skin around his ribs and his stomach looks very bruised. Mm. So it looks like this emaciated alien comes out. And so he remembers that the tall, translucent ones, because I think he describes them as looking more different. So there's some that look like gray, some that are look very frail, and then there's some of them that are smaller, like they're not as tall, mm-hmm. and they seem to look more healthy. And the ones that are tall and translucent seem to, like, something is happening to them where they're falling everywhere. So that's why he thinks they're all bruised. He's like, oh, okay. okay, they're falling everywhere. They kind of can't hold themselves up. Yeah, like they're made of jelly. Well, okay, so... He thinks that the gel, like, there's, like, the Mm -hmm. gel on the floor that he's seen, that they come out of, is, like, alien neosporin, essentially. No. And it heals them of the bruises they get from falling everywhere. So, let's also remember that 
So he also remembers seeing an almost human-looking man in a black suit who's just sitting at the top of the room watching everything. Mm-mm. Okay? So, and the creature. Where's Dan Aykroyd? Honestly, I was just Dan Aykroyd from the Blues <laughs> Brothers. So he just remembers the creatures kind of following him, and they're kind of subservient to this man. So he recalls seeing 20 to 30 different beings, and they all look gray and pale and fragile. And so he remembers one, which is small with a heart-shaped face with colored stripes diagonally on their cheeks, which basically he described it as kind of like Native American Mm -hmm. makeup, but like that's its skin, is like these weird markings. So basically like the general in Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect, you know. (laughs) I have to compare everything to Lilo and Stitch. Of course. So he mentally, which is this is a big thing with aliens, is that, we're going to talk about this in like a few seconds. There's a big thing that when people have alien abduction encounters, they're mm-hmm. talking with aliens mind to mind. Right. So it's not that, oh, we're talking to each other and we can understand a language. It's just this mind to mind thing that's yeah. going on. But the cool thing that's kind of about this is that mentally, they can, under- it's like a two-way street. So he can see into the alien's mind and he- the alien can see in his mind, which okay. I think is kind of new. Okay. Okay. So mentally, he asks them, like, why are you doing this? And the reply from the alien is sanctuary. Which, that's that's what creeps me out. What is this fucking hunchback in Notre Dame? Sanctuary. Shut up. So, (laughs) this is is what really freaked me out about the story and why I kind of don't like alien cases is because he asks it, like, what do you want? And it says, sanctuary, we're here already and we are coming here. So, that's what it replies to him. And I was like, (laughs) I don't like that. So they seem to be able to telepathically communicate, like I said, and the creature is kind of having this weird response because it's like, ooh, I don't like that you can see in my head. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the creature is like, I can't help it if he looks into my mind and they seem to see each other's mind. And so the creature tells him, in many ways, you are more advanced than us, but you have been capped. Much like your own, we also have concerns and needs. Okay. So this basically insinuates that humans have been slowed down by these aliens in some way, and that we're limited so that we can't be a threat to them. So that's how Gary understood it, is, like, he's saying to me, you guys, like, we're much, like, we're very alike, but y'all have been capped so that you're not a threat to us, okay? He's like, "Mm, we popped a cap in your ass. He's like, I popped a cap in your ass. Pop, pop, pop. Pop, pop. And then the alien just fucking... And the alien just takes a Glocko. Yep. And just, he grabs his, he brushes his teeth and he grabs a strap. No. And so, (laughs) so he remembers, and then Gary, after this, remembers being taken underground and he sees basically these tunnels of solid rock within this ship. Oh no. And he sees this young woman who is naked, just like sitting naked on the floor and she's just like facing away from him sitting on the floor with a gray following her. And so they kind of look at each other and both start crying. Because they realize, like, oh, God, we're both trapped, you know? Yeah. So, now, these are some of the regression transcripts from Colin. And so, he describes them putting what feels like a hot poker in his right eye. Oh, no. Okay, so that machine that he describes, like, coming out is basically he felt like it inserted something into his eye. And, like, he just felt like a hot, piercing pain in his eye. And so, then when he's talking about the creature he's like looking at this creature that comes up to him or whatever when he's in that glass box and he starts to kind of laugh about it like he starts to laugh at the creature a little Mm -hmm. bit and is like okay and so when the therapist asks him like describe the ugly thing describe the ugly thing yes so he describes all of that and then he describes them putting on his clothes so like after all this has happened Mm -hmm. he has a red poker in his eye This is kind of where the story finishes up. So he describes them putting on his clothes and starting to drag him back in the car. This is after he sort of is sitting there laughing at them and is like, what y'all doing, Mm -hmm. you know? And so they start to drag him back to the car. And they're very rough with him, he said. Mm. Like, they have no regard for him. They're like, yeah, we don't care about you. And so that's that's what Colin remembers. And now Gary remembers being taken to a place that's red. And it's a weird red mist. And these sperm-shaped things are swimming through it. And they all kept, like, swimming up to him. Like, the, I don't just, like that. I don't like that at all. And so that's what Gary remembers before they're both just transported back to the car. And at one point during this process, he describes, there's a big alien in front of me. I don't know if it's 
giving me something or taking something out of my head. My mind goes black, then lighter. My mind feels numb, is how he describes it. And so after this point, they get back into the car. Everything happens after that. And then after they get back in the car and they go back and everything, a weird crystallized sort of frost grows on Gary's car and it keeps growing back and he can't seem to get it off the car. Oh no, not that. Sell it, burn it. Burn that car. So after all is said and done and they've gone through all the regressions, Colin refutes this whole story. And he basically says that none of it happened. Um... And so he rejects it, and he won't discuss it anymore. But Yeah, because the aliens fucking popped another cap in his ass, and they were like, mm-hmm. you fucking talking shit, don't mm-hmm. talk no more about that. So he basically tells Gary, and like, they're still friends. Colin and Gary are yeah. still friends. Well, I mean, though, after that experience, I would hope so. Yeah. So they're still friends, and he tells Gary, he saw what he saw, like, let's move on, and, like, it's over with now. So he basically sat there and was like... He told this whole story, he did everything, and then sat there and refuted it and was like, it right, never after happened. after all the regression and everything, mm-hmm. yeah. And here's the thing with that kind of stuff, and that story is just, like, so terrifying but amazing at the same time because even, like, you know, you can say, like, people are crazy mm-hmm. or they're on drugs or this and that. You can't make that shit up. Pot, could you, like, yeah, like, but, like, just, like, the specifics and, like, comparing it to, like, other stories of abduction and things like well, that? Well, here's the thing about it, and that's what I'm going to talk about in a little bit, is kind of, like, where I kind of stand on it, and I'm kind of in the middle about it, but, like, I'll just go say in, like, two seconds. Mm-hmm. So, Gary becomes very, his response to it is to become very involved in it. So, he becomes part of, like, ufology and he starts basically studying it, and he has his own research group now. Okay. So on a BBC program, Gary takes a polygraph test and he passes, Mm -hmm. which either indicates that he really, truly believes his story and the story is real, or it's just so real in his mind that he can pass the polygraph test, okay? So what we have to understand about this case is that there is almost six months between abduction and regression. They had all that time to basically research and formulate, and the machine is not 100% with polygraphs. It can go either way. So that's kind of evidence to say, like, yeah, maybe, but also maybe not. They had six months to sit there and research everything and really flesh it out. But, like, for me also at this point, like, let's say, like, you just had this experience, which is obviously very traumatizing, Mm -hmm. and you think you've been abducted or you don't know what's going on. And there's patches of time missing from your memory. Like, for me, right away, I wouldn't be like, oh, I gotta go Mm -hmm. get hypnotherapy and figure this out. Mm -hmm. Like, for me, it would take maybe even, like, months of, like, Mm -hmm. maybe more or, like, memories coming back. And then Mm -hmm. being like, you know what, maybe we should, like, do this and figure this out. You know what I mean? But, I mean, both. You don't know. You don't know. I can't. Like, that's my thing. I'm like, I'm not gonna 100% say, like, no, this never happened to you. Because I don't know. As much as I would... Well, I I don't know if I would love for it to be true. I kind of don't want it I to I would be love true. for this to be true. Because I 100% believe that there is... I mean, it's not even like, oh, yeah. believe Here's or the thing. Not. Aliens fucking scare me. I can yeah. do demons and ghosts and cryptids and shit all day. But, like, there was this one time where Danielle and I spent four hours just watching alien mm-hmm. conspiracy theory videos when we were in college. <laughs> and our dorms were right next to each other. And after I let, left Danielle's room, I went back to my room checked under mm-hmm. my bed, locked my windows, and checked in my cupboard before I went to sleep because mm-hmm. I was scared there was an alien in my fucking room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That goes to show. I can't do it. I think it's one of those things where it's just so fascinating to me that other life can exist somewhere. Yeah. That's my biggest thing that scares me. It's like, like, I know, We, we but... cannot be the only ones yeah, in we're this not. entire fucking universe. We're the only forms of fucking life? No. Absolutely not. I don't think we're the only forms of life. And that's why I'm like, this is 100% possible. So I'm not going to sit there and say that this traumatic thing that happened to somebody didn't happen. That's not right either. So there are other... Here's my thing with this case, is that there are a lot of similarities to um, Barney and Betty Hill's story. Mm -hmm. Okay? So that speaking mind-to-mind thing and the sharing of intelligence, that's the thing. Time loss, the car getting taken, the ramp... All of those things line up perfectly with yeah. this Barney and Betty Hill 
story, but the thing is, that's every single alien story, yeah. basically, because they set the And template. then also, it's like, what's the point of them doing it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they were doing they it, were, like, for fame and they money, were regular you know what I mean? people. Like, that's my They were out here like, ooh, let me get a TV show about this. Uh-huh. If, if that was the thing, I would have been like, okay, this is bullshit. But, like, why would you want to risk your, like, people viewing your sanity a certain mm-hmm. way and being like, oh, these people are insane. Yeah. They're, you know, just making shit up. Why would you want to look like an idiot in front of people just to do it? And these are regular people. Like, yeah. they're mechanics. Like, they, that's my thing, is that they don't seem the type to just make something right. up. And I also, but I also understand that people do crazy things all the time, so it's, it could go either way. Right. Like, well, it's so yeah. interesting. A quick story with, like, the time loss. So, my roommate, Kat, who is on the podcast, she has a friend um, from Indiana. They She grew up in Indiana as well. Mm-hmm. And her friend and her mom, her friend's mom, were driving in their car down, like, a country road in Indiana. And these are very normal people, too. Like, they're just typical and it's like her friends, like we we don't know, you know, people who are just making up alien mm-hmm. stories. Okay, driving down this road, and all of a sudden, like they said, they remembered, like stopping the car, but this was until after they said they remembered getting out of the car, stopping, circling the car, and like saying like weird things, and getting back in the car, and all of a sudden, like they pulled over, and it was like three hours later. No. For when they had stopped the car. No. And it wasn't like they were in, like, a whole other part of town in Indiana. This is, like, these are small towns. Like, mm-hmm. super small towns. And they were just driving to, like, the next town over. And they, like, all of their memory, like, their memory was, like, blacked out. And they just remember, like, from when they stopped and got back in the car that it was three hours later. No. From when they had done that. I forgot what they said. I'll have to ask Kat. Mm-hmm. But, and these are just, like, a mom-daughter going out for a car ride, Mm -hmm. and the whole time thing, which is, like, immediately what I thought of when you said that, because, like, all of a sudden it was just hours later, and they Mm -hmm. had no recollection of what what had happened. And I doubt they had, like, you know, heard that, and are just, like, Mm -hmm. you know... And also, they had a... I mean, they could have been just, like, doing whatever during that time, but also their friend sees them coming in like nothing is wrong at one in the morning. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't think, like, oh, hey... It's late, you know, let's go disturb mm-hmm. this person. You know, like, they literally had no clue what was going yeah. on. So it's not like, I mean, I find it very hard to believe that they would be lying about this, but there is similarities to Betty and Barney Hill, but also... I feel like there's similarities in to every everything. UFO story, Yeah, there's, ev- there's I mean? similarities in every case. But, which is good because... There's consistency. You don't... There's consistency and you don't want to be like, oh, well, this happened and then this happened. Because then it's like, well, then what's the truth? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what happens? Like, is... It can go both ways because it can sound bad because everyone's stories mm-hmm. are the same, or it's real because everyone's stories. Story like the you same. know, what I mean, yeah. everyone's like experiencing the, the same, same thing. Yep. So it's just one of those. It's like you know, the only way we're gonna know is if we get fucking abducted mm-hmm. by aliens, or if like you know, there's some future test done to fucking see if it's real or what's mm-hmm. happening. And that's what's so scary is because like. With ghosts, you know, you can take pictures, and there's orbs, and EMF detectors, and ghost boxes, and all that stuff, but, you know, or with demons, there's exorcisms, Mm -hmm. or with, you know, there's sightings and all the stuff, but with aliens, it's like, unless you get, like, a UFO on camera, Mm -hmm. or, like, something, it's, you're never gonna know. You're never, yeah, there's no way of knowing, and so... The theories about what would have happened is that they said, oh, it's a military experiment. Like, a military experiment happened right. where, which this has happened before. So, MKUltra, all these different, like, all these different experiences that were done. Like, maybe they drugged them and they did this whole thing right. and they did this for some reason, whatever. So, yeah. one of the theories is maybe that they, it was a military experiment, okay? So, then another one was that there was a dimensional slip. Okay, so maybe mm. it was that they slipped into a dimension, a different dimension for a certain amount of time, then slipped back out. Okay. Okay, could be possible. And so, Gary said, at one point, this thing told him, you're not living like you should be living. Is it his fucking therapist? I mean... <laughs> Does, what if the alien gave him the alien's number and was like, listen, if you need to talk, Gary... If you ever need to talk, I'm here. You could be up. living your best life, and I will help you through that process. Oh my god... This is a YouTube coach. Alien therapist. Alien therapist here to I save the world. I need it. So that's one of the... These are just creepy facts that I did not like about it. Okay. So that was just that they said, you're not living like you should be living. Mm-hmm. Live your life. So 
that was how I was telling you about how the tall ones, they couldn't handle the pressure, and the little ones were able to, like, how the taller aliens are falling over and are mm-hmm. getting bruised, and the little ones can't. And so he had nightmares after this, obviously, right. and the hypnosis helped him. But then this is what really, like, I'm going to end on this, which is, like, something that's really freaking creepy, is that I meet people who know me, and I don't know who they are. And so he said that there's people that are basically missing from his memory. Holy shit. Can you imagine how terrifying that must feel? He said after this experience... I would lose my mind, literally. Like, he said people will come up to him and tell them, like, tell him stories and be like, yeah, you know, you, blah, 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 and he has no recollection What if the whole... Everyone's just fucking with him. Everyone is just Everyone's like, oh, it's a fucking alien guy. Uh-huh. Let's go fuck with him and tell him that he's my second cousin, that we had every birthday party together oh. since we were oh. 10, and he oh. doesn't know who I am. That'd be so sad. That'd be so sick. Oh, my God. But, yeah. That's so... I, like, alien abduction stories in general, like, terrify me, and that's so... But it's just, like, you know, usually, like, there's a catch to it, or someone is like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm on a TV show, and I mm-hmm. want to talk about it, and I want to make all this money or write a book. And I that mean, which he case. has... Gone on TV shows. Well, and stuff going like on that, shows but... is different than like wanting, like mm. your own, or like just wanting the attention. You know mm. what I mean? And but... one of them doesn't want the attention. That's yeah. my thing. Is that one of these people is refuting the story and doesn't want the attention, and the other one does. So it's like either both of them agree to do it, and then we're like, oh, he was like, oh shit, I don't want to do this anymore. Or one of them is just like, I don't even want to think about yeah. it because like that's traumatizing, and then having to yeah. relive that constantly. That's what I think it is for him. Is that. Gary dealt with it by being able to delve into the mm-hmm. the whole study of it. Yeah. And then Colin... not everyone is the same with that. Yeah, no, not Colin everyone processes this trauma it. the same way. Like, it's different. Colin was like, I don't want to deal with this. I'm... Essentially, he was like, I'm done. I've seen what I've seen, and yeah. that's it. Like, there's no... I don't want to talk about it anymore. I've done right. all of the regression. And his was... I think Gary had more of a kind of mystical experience where he saw this and this and this. All I can think of is the fucking Saturday Night Live sketch with Kate McKinnon when they're doing the alien abductions. Have you seen that? that. She's like this fucking white trash hillbilly and they're interviewing these people for the alien abductions and she's sitting there with a lit cigarette and she was like, well, the aliens dropped me on my naked ass on top of the house and I had to climb down a tree myself. (laughs) And then they're sitting there and it's like 80, like the... Um, people questioning them, it's, like, A.D. Bryan, and then they have, like, the guest, so I think it was, like, Chris Evans or uh-huh. something, and they're, like, questioning her, and Kate McKinnon is so good that they are breaking and just laughing the entire time, because she's so fucking funny. Oh, my God. They did, like, two, it was, like, two hosts who went and, like, did that, uh-huh. and it was so fucking funny. Oh, my God. But that's all I can fucking think of is her Honestly, that's literally what happened. It's just, like, Gary put on a nice hillbilly outfit. He got oh my God. popped in his ass. Literally. Wow, well, we had a cryptid, we had aliens. This mm-hmm. was a good one. It was mainly like, like a cryptid ish type episode. This is a very, like, I was like, I love murder, but sometimes I just can't. We just need to talk about. I didn't talk about creepy, creepy stuff. things. But next week is Halloween. We're going to be doing a watch along. I'm going to do a watch along, and then we'll do a regular episode mm-hmm. too, because. You both. It's, it's Halloween week. I can't, this month went by so fast. Next year, I'm going to spend my whole Halloween week in a pumpkin pad. I'm going to spend it in a pumpkin. I'm going to build a giant pumpkin house, and I'm going to live in it. I'm going to smell like pumpkin guts, and I'm going to eat seeds. Well, you're going to eat seeds. I'm going to be a squirrel. I don't... No! 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 And on that note, thank you, everybody, for listening to the most excellent podcast, your true crime paranormal, all things strange and peculiar comedy podcast. Join us next week for our watch-a-thon. Maybe I'll do a poll on Twitter and see what y'all want to... Well, we're going to do what we want to do anyways, but we'll ask you guys whatever. watch Halloween Town 4. <laughs> I'm gonna, we're going to watch all the fucking Halloween Towns. All of them. All right. We'll see you guys next week on Halloween. Okay, Bye. Spooky. Bye.